This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, and uh, I get the joy of being the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And and I, as I always say, I, I just feel so privileged because I get I have a front row seat to see lots of ways in which God's moving through this ministry and, and just the ways in which He's just expanding our horizons and our challenging our thinking all the time. And and so it's so much fun. And it's just God is just really on the move, as, as a lot of people say. So uh, today I've got a special guest. Uh, I've got a good friend of mine, a brother, uh, a guy that went through my journey group uh, a year ago, Jesse Lane. Welcome, Jesse. Thanks. Glad to be here. You're going to get to know Jesse in just a second, but... uh, Jesse uh, is, I think, officially in the category of what they call millennials, and uh, this is this uh, age group, this generation that people are trying to figure out and solve the puzzle of, I guess. Uh, Those who are doing church planting and church growth and Barna and all these people are trying to figure out. You know what the future of our gener, you know, the next future of our generation, or our, I mean, of our culture and our country looks like. But uh, so anyway, I uh, I wanted Jesse to tell his story. He's got a great story of just how God moved in his life. But uh, he's also, I think, he's so he's unique uh, in that he's very wise beyond his years. Uh, Jesse, how old are you? Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah. That's right. And and you, you know, he looks thirty-two in the sense that he has a young face. But uh, I've gotten to know him, and he's he's very deep and and very after God's heart. And so uh, I want you to hear from him. And 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 I want to talk to him. We're going to hear his story, but I also want to talk a little bit about his generation and what he sees, things he's seeing, and and uh, just in people his age. And what what are people? How, what's happening with people? You know, in and outside of the church and all that. So we're going to dive into some of those questions. But but Jesse, before we do all that. Uh, they need to get to know who you are and kind of what you do professionally and your family. And then tell a little bit about your your faith journey to leading up to the, the journey when you went through the journey. And then we'll dive into some some other stuff after okay. that. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, um, to try and answer all that in relatively short fashion. Um, so, yeah, I uh, born and raised in Arkansas and what seems kind of like a, a pretty ordinary but difficult childhood and um, just with growing up in small town Arkansas, but um, really looking back on my childhood while we we didn't have a lot of money and didn't have a lot of things and were up against a lot of challenges. My parents were faithful, really amazing parents. And um, I often just look back on my story and my dad just had a, a tremendous impact on me. He was an amazing example because he was... He was one of the most selfless and humble men. And um, when I tell my story, I always say that like he he wasn't recognized by the world. And he uh, so growing up for me, that was hard because I felt like he was the greatest, greatest guy ever. And you know how you want to compare dads and you're like, my dad's stronger than yours and smarter than yours and better than yours. Right. Well, I wanted to everybody else to see just how great he was. Right. And and. Um, but the world didn't recognize that in the ways that we wanted to, right? Which is uh, promotions and, and you know, uh, you know your titles and all these things that the world uses to measure money. Um, so I think somewhere along the lines, I, I made a promise to myself 
that wasn't a healthy one that was that, you know, I'm going to be recognized and known uh, for being great, you know, because uh, my dad was great, but, you know, he didn't get the credit for that. And so um, that was a struggle for me in a few different ways and, and different. It looked different throughout my uh, kind of junior high, high school and college years, but and, and still today. But it's it's been a battle. And, and so I think God was always, you know, I was always uh, a believer in the sense that I, I would say I was a Christian and grew up uh, in church. But my motivations, my heart were really for myself, you know, my, they were selfish. And, and, um, and really what I, I say is that it wasn't until college when I feel like really war broke out for my soul and for my story and for my heart. Um, and it was intense. <laughs> college was intense in a lot of different ways. Um, so I had met my now wife in like fifth grade and pursued her for years. And, and it's a funny story, but eventually finally won her over and we started and we dated from 11th grade and all through college and been married for 10 years now. And, uh, but we were, we were together in college and we moved uh, to Fayetteville a couple hours away and we were going to the university of Arkansas and in college, a lot was happening for, uh, as a freshman, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and, um, it's a rare form mesothelioma, uh, lung cancer caused by asbestos exposure. And so I found that out as a freshman. And then for the next year or so walked through that process of, of him going through every type of treatment and a lot of, a lot of pain and suffering and hope and then lost hope. And, and there's just the back and forth, the struggle. And then, um, a year into it, he had a surgery that, uh, we thought he was cancer or he was cancer free. They had his, his lung removed and he was cancer free, but then he had some heart complications and had a surgery and, and, uh, didn't survive the surgery. And, um, it was, it was obviously, it was really hard because he was, um, you know, my role model and really my best friend and, and, you know, just a big part of my life. And so I was 19 at the time. And then, um, a lot, obviously a lot, you know, had to drop out of school for a little bit, not drop out, but to take a break, uh, to be with my mom as she mourned that lot, the loss we, we mourned and, and tried to deal with this new life and she moved and all these different things. Um, and then also in those same years in college, I was, uh, making some of the biggest mistakes in my life, just really doing things that uh, almost lost. I almost lost Stephanie, my wife, uh, in those years because I, I just did uh, just I was just reckless in that relationship and um, made some horrible decisions. And so, by God's grace, um, you know, we've walked through that and, and uh, she stuck it out, but it was a really, really hard season. And in the midst of all that, and my story is messy because the timeline isn't, it's not ABC. It all was happening at once. But in the midst of all that, God was also doing a really transforming work in my life because for the first time ever, I was, I was studying scripture, um, and I was in community and I was, in prayer and I was falling in love, just crazy love with this amazing story, the gospel, 
I was falling in love with Jesus. That relationship was becoming intimate. And all of that happened in, in college. And so I was, it was a crazy, messy season where I grew a lot, a whole lot. I had to grow up fast. And in that season, I just basically, I fell in love with Jesus and wanted to make sure everybody in the whole world and all nations, tribes and tongues found out about the gospel as soon as possible. I, I, I think I kind of thought I could do that in a, in a, in maybe a year or two. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that was, that's a big part of my, my story too. But anyway, so, um, uh, really quickly in my career, I, I felt called to business and marketing. I, and I went into school for that. And then a really interesting thing happened, fell in love with Jesus and thought, Oh, I've got to give my life to ministry. Mm-hmm. I've got to, I've got to tell everybody about Jesus and really nothing else matters, but ministry. And so this marketing degree, I felt so sure on, I felt like God had called me to do this business marketing thing. Um, you know, forget that. Like I, I've got to be a pastor or a missionary. Those are my two options now. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, what seminary am I going to go to? And so it took months trying to decide, um, a few months and a few months into that process, I had this tension and I was a conflict inside. And I, I was, I was like, I, I really still like business and marketing and really feel like God's in that. And this whole seminary thing, I don't feel like God is in that. Like, that's weird. You know, why wouldn't he want me to do seminary where I'm going to study the word? And, and, uh, I was like, you know, I've got a, I've got a crazy idea. I should pray about this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this life decision. And so as I actually prayed about it and remember I was, I was still kind of growing and, and maturing in my faith at this point. Um, I, I finally stopped to pray and I feel like God opened up the floodgates to, and answered really clearly in a lot of different ways that he had called me to, this marketing thing and he had also called me to ministry and that I could do both Mm. and that that looked all kinds of different ways but I could do both and so I finished my marketing degree and really ever since then my career and my jobs a few different jobs have in every one I've I've found a way that I feel like God or God has called me to to different ways to do that to do both um and it's pretty cool because uh, I love it. You know, it's, it's really my passions. And so, uh, so first that was at a, a Christian company, Dayspring, and I got to learn digital marketing and really craft that. And, and it was early in that when digital marketing was brand new and people were figuring that out. And I kind of got to be a part of that and create a lot of that at Dayspring. And then, and then at a Bible translation organization called Seed Company, and uh, which moved our family to Arlington, Texas to do that. Uh, and it was an incredible opportunity where I got thrown in the deep end as a leader at 27, as a vice president of the full marketing and creative team, like a team of 35 people. And I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and so I learned the hard way. Um, and then um, God did amazing things in, in Texas, but we felt called to come back home to Northwest Arkansas. And so we've been back now for about a year and a half. And now I work at an organization called Pure Charity, and we get to work with hundreds of nonprofits, helping them grow in all different ways through technology, through strategy. And so, again, it's really aligned with my passions. And so uh, it's kind of what I do now. And and in the last you know year and a half, I met you and got mm-hmm. uh, exposed to Journey and influencers. And that's a pretty cool story, too. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. The way that you and I met were we were at a men's 
men's event, uh, kind of a weekly men's event. We were just sitting next to each other, and uh, I was telling you what I did, and mm -hmm. I started telling you about the journey and how it was based on John 15, and that really you know, piqued your interest because you, that's something you'd been chewing on for a long mm -hmm. time, right? So yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah, so it was a funny story because... Um, when I was right out of college, God had really started to put John 15 on my heart. And um, I was reading and studying that scripture. And it was just like I was the, the message of abiding in him and, and bearing fruit versus doing nothing. And, um, and just all of um, what Jesus is teaching us in that was just like wrecking me in those years. And in that same time, I actually was starting my own business. It was kind of a side business uh, as I had a full-time job too, where I was helping nonprofits and ministries with digital marketing. And in, I named the business Branches, uh, Branches Missional Marketing, which is based, you know, it was based on the idea that we are just the branches, you know, and if we're not abiding in the vine, um, if then we can bear no fruit. And I just wanted to constantly remind myself and others that, look, if we're not abiding, we're wasting our time here. You know, like that's the first place. And so when you said John 15, it, you know, it was like, whoa, wait a minute, because really, even though that was 10 years or, you know, eight years or so before I have, I mean, that, that scripture passage has been something I've been reflecting on and really for a long time, for years and, and still today, just, just chewing on it. So, so when you said it was all based on that, I was like, wow, I've got to learn more. And then I found out what the name was influencers. And, um, and that was another cool story because I actually have, uh, three I words engraved on, uh, my, my wedding ring and they are initiative, uh, increase and influence and someone had given me those words and mm. spoken those over me and it really meant a lot to me right before I got married and the word influence was one of those so the fact that this ministry was called influencers and John 15 mm. what you know was a big part of it I just felt like okay I've got to jump in and feel see what God's doing here and be a part of it so do you think you had a good handle on what abiding was at that point <laughs> You know, when before before you went through the journey? <laughs> no. I mean, I don't think I ever will, honestly, <laughs> because <laughs> until I'm face to face, I'm not sure I will. But because I, I don't know, it's been so many years of wrestling with that that I and I still if, I, if I've been wrestling it with it for seven, eight years and still don't feel like I can claim that I've got a good handle on it. Will I ever? Yeah, I don't mm. know, mm. Uh, because it, it keeps, you know, I don't know that the word is so meaningful and yet you know so simple but so yeah I, I don't think I did then although um you know it was it did it did change my life a lot like I had already when I met you already committed my life to abiding you know mm -hmm. whatever that meant I was I was in for it mm -hmm. you know what I mean like I was saying I I want to abide more than anything um, I used to interview people at the C company for jobs and uh, you know, that as I hired a team and built and brought people in the first question I asked in every interview was I would quote John 15 and say you know these are the words of Jesus what you know he says to abide um, what does that mean to you mm. and it was like I mean, every single interview and um, it was 
a, to me, it's like, you know, why, I don't know, maybe this was not a good way of thinking about it, but like, should we be hiring people that are going to not bear fruit, <laughs> you know, at this ministry? Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think so. Don't so think so right. uh, if Jesus says this is a, a key part of bearing fruit. So anyway, um, that, that verse has been something and those words have, have been something that I've been meditating on for a long time, but I still not sure I fully grasp the, the weight of it all. So. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and we, we talk about it all the time, you know, that it's not just your daily quiet time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, in our uh, journey. We talk about being a God seeker, then being a God abider, you know, so so it's beyond the word, but it's part of the word, yep. you know, and it's it's uh, part of the Holy Spirit, you know, walking with mm-hmm. us daily and all that. So so did the journey, what did the journey do for you? Did it help you clarify some things in your life? Uh, do you see now why maybe God wanted you to go through the journey? Yeah, I uh, the God did so much in the journey for me, and it's it's um, you know it was it was really transformational in a lot of different ways. But um, I would say the primary thing was for me it was it was uh, just in my time with God, I just felt like He was taking me into a deeper personal holiness with Him, and like what it looks like what he's he desires from for me you know and uh during that season i feel like spiritually i'd kind of maybe started to coast a little bit and not purposefully but just kind of thinking that when it came to my thought life and uh habits and routines that i had i had gotten to a place that was pretty good and that i and i think i'd kind of settled in, in that space and even in my marriage and different areas of my life that are really key. I was like, okay, I'm ready to move on to the, you know, I've, I've passed the basics. I'm ready to move on to advanced Christianity. You know? <laughs> and I felt like in, in the journey, God was saying, you never move beyond these things, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're never, mm-hmm. you're never not battling, you know, for your, your thought life. You're never not prioritizing your marriage. Um, and you never get those things in those areas to a place where you coast and you kind of get on autopilot. Uh, that's never going to happen. You, you know, and so, and I, I, I wanted to so badly, I think in those areas, cause I, they've always, you know, they've been a part of my life. Uh, I wanted to kind of get them to a place where I could put them on autopilot and move on to other things, you know? Mm-hmm. And I felt like God was calling me back to those things. And, um, and it was it was a sweet time and, and really fruitful for me. You know, it might tie into a little bit about what you were talking about. How you, when you were younger, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you had a desire to be great yeah. or to be known or mm-hmm. recognized for greatness or you know whatever, just beyond what your father was yeah. ever recognized yep. for. And the journey maybe is saying that that's not the goal, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was it really brought me to back to the wrestle of the fruit is not the point. Mm-hmm. Because to me, I got to a place, you know, and where it's like, okay, so if I just abide in him, that is the strategy to fruit, which equals significance, which equals, you know, uh, greatness. And that's my goal. 
And then you write a book and then you do a book <laughs> exactly. tour and then, or you have a big church or yeah, exactly. yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And while I probably wouldn't have said all that, I think that was what was driving me. And, and it still does, honestly, I mean, I'm still in this. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's a constant check in that, that promise I made back in the day of like greatness. Now that greatness is, is focused on ministry. It's like, I'm going to do great things for God, you know, but is it, is my heart really that it's for God or is it, you know, is it, um, is it for me, you know? So that's one thing that, that in the journey, I felt like God was continuing to ask me and challenge me on, which is constant. I mean, that wasn't a new struggle for me. That's something that I've been struggling with for a long time and just asking, always checking my heart, you know, what, what am I really doing this for? You know, what's my motivation? Cause it looks really good. I got to the place where, Hey, I'm working in ministry spaces. I'm, you know, I've kind of checked all the boxes. So, um, on the outside, it looks like that it's all good. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but the heart is what God cares about. And I tend to focus on the, the surface on what you see. And so, um, so yeah, I think he was just pointing me back to my heart and working on that. Um, pointing me back to, yeah, those childhood struggles and, and like dealing with some of those things in new ways. And so I needed it. I really like what you said though, that, uh, he's saying that you're, you're, there's always going to be some sort of struggle and that, yeah. you know, it's not like you ever arrived. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I remember reading, you know, I think it was in the secrets of the vine by Bruce Wilkinson that we, we study that, uh, even the oldest, the oldest branches need even more pruning, mm. you know, cause they're, they get overgrown and they're, yeah. they're more stubborn maybe, or, you know what? I don't know. It's and, kind of a scary thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cause I kind of thought, Oh man, you reach a point where you're, you're yeah. past all yeah. that painful stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. we hope, but, uh, well, uh, let's, let's shift this a little bit and okay. just talk about, you know, your age group and, and the people that you interact with, you know, and I, I, I remember one of our leaders here in Northwest Arkansas was reading, uh, books on millennials because he was, for some reason he was just, fixated on on millennials and 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 he'd read something that said most millennials uh have walked away from church even if they were raised in the church they've walked away from it uh and and are not most millennials are not christians that's and i don't know if that's true or not i'm just telling you what he read in, yeah. this, in these books um and he also it also said that most millennials don't read very much. You know that they are more visual. They want to watch mo you know movies or videos. And and so if you want to reach millennials, you know you got to like you got to do stuff, video representation, things like that. You know. And so uh, so that got us talking. You know, he was talking about. I mean, we we got to maybe make a movie out of the journey book so that because they'll never read it. You know, and things like that. So so talk to me a little bit about your generation and and if it if this has gotten a little over exaggerated of trying to put labels or attributes on your on the millennials or uh, or which of that is is true and needs to be concerned with i mean get, just whatever's come to your mind about yeah, that yeah well um yeah before i dive into that i'll just a couple disclaimers yeah i mean you obviously can't put everybody in you know just a broad Stroke, but I do think it's helpful to talk about these things because I think there are some general truths to it, uh, although it can't always apply. And I also think I have to say, like, I am a millennial, but I'm not an expert, and um, and I see a lot of good about my generation, and I also see a lot of things that I don't like. So, um, so with all that said, um, I, I think what you know when you step back, I think we we have been trained by. Our, by not just our culture and our experiences to expect things to be instant in real time, easy, 
um, experiential, which is like you said, visual. Mm-hmm. Um, and that basically anything we want, we can have and we can have it now and it shouldn't be hard. And, um, for example, I mean, like, I just feel like there should be anything in the world that I can buy and it should be at my doorstep tomorrow. And that's thanks to the internet and Amazon and, you know, eBay back in the day. It was like all of a sudden you went from what you could buy, you know, at the store to anything. And that and literally it could be one of a kind. So we expect things to be custom. And, and so that's just how it's not a bad thing. People say that, you know, millennials are, are you know. Uh, I don't know, just spoiled, and they see that as a as a, a bad thing. But I, I think that's not all bad. It's just how we how we've been raised and how our life has been. So I think that means there's uh, there's different level of expectations for excellence and for customization and for speed. Now, can some of that be uh, counter to scripture? Yeah, I think it can. It's dangerous if we put that on everything. Can it? also have good and healthy results like you know big dreams and passion and um you know people i think millennials often reject um lies because they feel empowered to do that versus just believing what authority might say that could not be true and good Mm. so i think there's a lot of good and just like with any generation there's a lot of good and a lot of things that are dangerous Mm -hmm. to watch Mm -hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think, um, do you think that's true? A lot of your age group, like just think about your friends yeah. from college or, you know, wherever you want to think, I mean, is faith important? Yeah. So most of the people that, I mean, I know you're, you're probably running Christian circles, but yeah. what do you, what do you see out there? I think, so I don't know if this answers your question, but to go back to the fact that a lot of millennials aren't Christian or whatever, yeah, right. leave, leaving the church. I, I believe that. It, it's because other generations have have maybe uh, been cultural Christians, claiming Christianity, um, but not truly believers, not truly in a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so I think that skews the numbers mm-hmm. in tremendous ways. Yeah. I mean, so I don't, there's that's the sort of, and I think honestly, it's better that. We the numbers represent true believers for millennials because they're not they don't feel like they need to claim Christianity to fit to you know to be normal like maybe and at least in America the their parents or grandparents did it's like everybody was a Christian so of course you're a Christian mm-hmm. and you see that in other it's easier to see that in other countries around the world too where well if you're raised in this country everybody's Muslim and if you're raised in this country you know everybody is Buddhist and or you know name the, that well this that was America everybody was Christian right mm-hmm. so are millennials leaving the church or are they just being honest mm. um I think that would be the first question, I think. Right, right. And there's nothing that it is good that they're authentic, you know, that you can count on your hearing what they really believe, which uh, if they do come around, you know, they will be a trustworthy type yeah. of a, yeah. a representative of our faith. Yeah. So what what do you think about millennials going through our journey process, for yeah. example? Like, is that is that like is that not realistic? Is that is that does that not fit into their the way they like to be learn to learn things or, you know, small group, uh, reading long nine month process. I'm just curious your thought on that. Yeah. So many thoughts. Um, <laughs> I, know, I, know. I think the, um, I feel like 
the message, you know, God doesn't change. The message does not change. And scripture, you know, that those truths apply and are relevant and rich to every generation. Right. But I think the medium must always be changing. Yeah. And it has and it will. And so so with that principle in mind, you know, that applies to the journey and it needs to change, you know, in some form or fashion, you know, now that it requires a lot of prayer, discernment, good leadership <laughs> to to say what needs to change and what doesn't. But um, for millennials, absolutely abiding intimate relationship with with Jesus that is for millennials too, right? But um, it, nothing has changed there. How you go about inviting them into that and, 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 and telling them about that and walking through that might look different. I mean, I think we just need to be open-handed about those things, mm-hmm. right? About, about the form and function, the format and those things. So, um, because on one hand, You've got a lot about uh, the millennial preference that is is you kind of want to reject and push back on and say, like, the fact that maybe they're uh, noncommittal and and can't stick around for nine months. Like, like I kind of want to push back on that and be like, you know, well, we're challenging, challenging people to do that. And that's good and healthy. They need to learn to be. Uh, you know, stick around for a little while and, and persevere. But at the same time, if, if you push back on everything, then you're just not going to have any millennials. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, if, yeah. if you, so I think there's a little bit of both in saying like, um, maybe there's some things that can be flexed on some things that can't. Um, so, because I think a lot of the tendencies of millennials, yeah, are to be, um, to push back on, com- to, to not want to work hard, not want to be committed and disciplined. Um, and, and to be so individualistic that they're going to do their own thing and not be in a group or, or a community and, and not be accountable and all those things. So I think you want to push back on those things in, in some regard, but at the same time, I think you want to be open-handed to say, okay, is there things that can be flexible or different or change to, um, to make sure that they're included and, and can be part of this too. Yeah. Somebody said something to me. They said that millennials just want a seat at the table. Mm. You know, they want, they want to be invited, you know, and, and that kind of, you know, maybe to your point earlier, maybe they haven't ever really seen authentic Christianity. Mm -hmm. So it might be refreshing and surprising to them if an older man, even not that much older, or it could be older, invited them in and showed showed them some love, you know, and actually cared what they had to say and all that, you know, might, might make a difference. Yeah. And I think in this, and and whether this is right or wrong, and, and the that older man didn't say, "I've got all the answers, sit and listen," but said, right. "I'm you're invited to the table. I respect you, even though you're younger, even though you're a millennial. I respect you, and and I want to hear from you too. And that's a seat at the table has a voice too, you know. Sure, sure. And so I think that's a part of it. And then, but I think then you're going to earn their respect mutually, and they'll listen. And um, and I think it, you know they kind of want want that and authenticity is key we talked about that transparency mm-hmm. uh, millennials love um they, they want truth because you know we can find out the truth these days right it's going to be blasted on the on social media or the internet like it's it's everything is being revealed i mean we've seen that in the news lately right and so millennials expect that and so if, if you're not authentic if you're not really raw and transparent, then they're going to walk away. You know, they're like, no thanks, you know? And so I think, um, and then I think uh, humility is a big deal Mm. uh, for, for a millennial. 
And yeah. so I think the the authority experience is different. And in some ways, and it's unhealthy, millennials can kind of reject or push back on authority in an unhealthy way. That can be a ditch, right? Yeah. That's that's not good. But I think um, I think there's just an expectation or a desire for humble leaders and authority figures, um, and and maybe they've they're turned off from from uh, you know leaders that are that are prideful or that are um, kind of uh, not authentic or real and raw, and so so I think that's important. Well, what's interesting is that you just described guide training. I mean, you just described when we do guide training, yeah. we're challenging guides. You're not a teacher. You're not you're not the authority. You don't have all the answers. You're just there yeah. to serve these people. And then we let the Holy Spirit meet them where they're at, whether they're millennials, whether they're, you know, that's why I, I think you're right is why, why the journey has worked with every generation yeah. or, you know, even young, you know, young teenagers, yeah. all the way to older men, you know, or and women. And, yeah. you know, it's, because it's God's word, it's his truth, right. which is always applicable, you know, yeah. so, so. You know, I'm encouraged, you know, that that we should not give up, you know, trying to meet, reach all people, you know, whoever God brings in, in our path. But but I think I want I think I want our middle aged people or whoever's leading group not to be intimidated to invite yeah. a younger person. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. I think older people think, oh, they don't they don't care what I have to say or I'm not hip enough to you know, right. or something like that. So, no, I mean, I would encourage anybody listening to this to to engage and i mean because the the content the word of god is is so good and rich and and beautiful and any age would will enjoy and treasure that as the truths are revealed and um, you know i think if you're wondering how to be like how to kind of reach millennials or how to think differently i mean i i love that just in john chapter one we see that god um, translated himself, right? So he, it says, John 1, 14 says, the word became human and made his home among us. And he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And so God became human. Mm-hmm. That's a translation process. That's a, I'm going to, I'm going to come to you and meet you where you're at. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. So what does that look like for, for a millennial? You know, um, how do we translate in, into the, the heart language into the what is is natural and understandable to a different generation, and um, I think if you if you remember that God did that, it's a, it's an act of love, really, to yeah, do that that's right. too. So I would encourage everybody to to not hesitate to go for it and mm. just just be real and honest and and open handed and um, yeah, invite them to the table. Yeah. That's cool. Well, I think our time's up, Jesse, but I, I thank you so much. For, we could talk a lot more about yeah. this stuff. I mean, this is a really fascinating conversation. But I, you know, I just want to say I'm thankful for you, Jesse, because uh, you've, uh, since you went through the journey, you've helped me personally with all sorts of stuff with influencers. And if you guys have noticed our emails looking a little snazzier with graphics and all that, you can thank Jesse Lane, who helped me put all that stuff together. So, uh, so I'm hoping more and more these great, creative, out of the box thinkers. Uh, uh, come and join 
join our forces, you know, that God, God will send them our way so that they can help us, you know, keep reaching more and more people. So, uh, so thank you, Jesse, and thank you for your time today. So, all right. Well, this has been the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, I encourage you to go to our website, influencers.org, where we you can find a lot more podcasts that we've recorded. It's under uh, resources and podcasts. You'll find find that. You'll also find some devotionals. You'll find uh, blogs, and you'll also find videos that you can use to help you on the journey or, or to continue your journey. So uh, anyway, we're here to help you and just be a resource for you. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig. I've been your host today, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you today. Oh,